Welcome to the Creative Thinking Podcast with Kim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. In each episode, we seek to inspire, inform, and encourage creative thinking from a biblical perspective. Through this Advent season, Kim will share readings, prayers, poems, and ponderances, reminding us of the depth and beauty of Christ's incarnation. Find a link in the show notes to download the accompanying PDF devotional. Now, here's Kim. Last week, we incorporated the spiritual practice of silence to our busy Advent lives. While the practice involves more stillness and less doing, this week we've added the spiritual practice of preparing. And preparing has an implied action to it. One could say that preparing means to wait with readiness. That readiness can be taken on as an intense burden. While preparing, the waiting can seem interminable. Sometimes it can seem so long that we forget what we're waiting and preparing for. We can begin to feel like we're treading water, killing time, or that God isn't listening, speaking, or even coming. And it might even feel that we've been forgotten by God, sidelined with no purpose or usefulness, and the dark night of the soul begins to weigh very heavy on us as we forget that we do not wait without hope. There's a distinct difference in the weightlessness of waiting on God versus the heaviness of waiting with no promise of hope. You see, all of this preparing and waiting has a very good reason. The object of our preparing is a promised hope, and he is trustworthy of our waiting. Fleming Rutledge has said, Advent is the dialectic between the waiting and the hastening, the faithful confidence that strains forward toward the day and the long endurance that's required to wait for it. (sighs) The O Antiphon for this week rings out this same message. It's the fifth of the seven that is sung during Advent. O Orions, or O Radiant Dawn, Splendor of Eternal Light, Son of Justice, Come, and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. That's from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. What a beautiful antiphon for today. Into the darkness of the world, the light of the world has come. It is the certainty into the longing that is sung about in this antiphon. There is a long night a long darkness that's a metaphor for life without Christ. And John speaks about it in his gospel in contrast to the great joy of walking in the light of Christ, who is not just the light of the world, but the light of life. In Advent preparing room, readiness for his arrival is waiting with certainty. The morning light spoken of in this antiphon is a certain light. Rising in the east, it comes after the night, a certain dawn, 
that spills on us like a tender mercy, as Luke says in his gospel. Typically, this antiphon is sung on December 21st, which ironically is around the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year. The visceral reality of the dark day beckons the arrival of the great hope, the light of the world, as the antiphon is sung, O radiant dawn, come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. The painting I've done to accompany this antiphon is again done in Nihonga, Japanese painting, using hand-mixed pigments on silver leaf that has a glaze treatment. The palette is consistent all three weeks, so the blue and the red pigments on the metal leaf speak in varying degrees. I've located the O in the lower right corner this week, where most of the darkness has rested on it. Yet the dawning lightness has issued through it to the entire piece. The red represents us, you and I, freed from the darkness to the light. The overall feel, I hope, is one that says we are not held captive to an ever-darkening shadow, but rescued by an ever-dawning morning. I'd like to read a few scriptures for us as we close our time together on Wednesday, O Antiphon Day. Isaiah 9-2 is the main reference for this antiphon. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. What poetic language the prophet uses to speak of the coming of Christ into our lives. And then in the Gospel, Luke 1, 78 and 79, a verse I referred to earlier, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace echoing the words of the prophet, I think, so beautifully. And then lastly, in Revelation 22, verse 16, John recording the words of Jesus so wonderfully for us to look forward to. So we have Advent where we um, look back at his first coming, and we remember that he is with us all the time, and then we anticipate his second coming. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. I am the bright morning star. I hope these things are encouraging to you as you consider them, and maybe you'll take some time to um, look up the antiphons and dwell a little bit more on this specific one, O Radiant Dawn, and how wonderful it is to dwell on the fact that the times when we feel in darkness, uh, we don't have to, we don't have to feel hopeless because our hope is in Christ and that is a certain hope for a certain dawn. Our prayer focus on Wednesdays is of the witness of the local and global church, which is so important, especially during the Advent season. So let's pray together as we close our time together today. Lord, 
We ask that during this beautiful time of Advent, when many eyes are more open to seeing you and the possibility of the gospel, we ask that as they look at us, the church, the earthly ambassadors of Christ, that we would be marked by love and that love would draw people to be more curious and hungry for you. And then when they come, that we would be oh so hospitable, that no one would leave our churches feeling unseen or unwelcome, that we would be a refuge of the love of Christ for them. And we pray that we would also be marked by what we are for more than what we are against. In a time of oh so much contention and hostility, may the truth of Scripture always be our most visible guide And may gracious, humble fellowship on secondary issues allow for differences. As we celebrate the unity of one church under the great and glorious one Lord of that church, we pray all of these things in his mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected to The Village Chapel by signing up for our newsletter or following us on social media. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.